All right. Hi, welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And we are going to discuss the first sequel to the New Gods saga, which is Only Gods Can Die. No, sorry, I got the title wrong. Which is Even Gods Must Die, or Armageddon, depending on what you want to call it. This was, I'm not sure what the word is, fascinating. It was interesting. Was it like almost maybe 10, 11 years after the <clears throat> first series ended? Yeah, this came out in 1984. New Gods originally ended in 72 or 73. So yeah, this would be 12 years later. And you could really see the, the toll those 12 years took on him. Yeah, and so the background for this, uh, and correct me if you I know more than this about this, but... Essentially, didn't DC in 1984 release the original stories in like six issues? And this was included in the sixth issue as a new story. Yeah, this was basically the uh, conclusion he wrote to the story. And then separately, they negotiated for him to do a New Gods graphic novel, mm -hmm. which is The Hunger Dogs, which we'll talk about next week. There's a different conclusion to the same saga. They're very closely related. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's very interesting. I mean, the art was was kind of crazy, but also I, I still liked it. You know, I still liked it, and it was uh, it was inked by Royer, right? Still, no, it's a different inker. It's D. Bruce Berry. Oh, is it D. Bruce Berry? Oh, I thought D. Bruce Berry was for the. Oh my God, you're right. I thought he did the other one. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. And, you know, that's the first thing I struggled with with this story was there's such a difference between the work Royer did and the work Barry does on it. That's and right. it's, it's not as sharp. And I'm not sure how much is Kirby and how much is Barry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Of, there is a point here where, like, uh, one of the characters, his eyeball is all over the place. It's crazy. But that's later in the issue. It's just kind of interesting how... I'll point it out when we get to page 39. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an issue with the art. But, um, but I mean, I still thought it was cool. I mean, if I'm a little kid and I'm reading this, I love it. You know, I still love it. You know, I even, um, I mean, we'll probably get to it. But I like, I like the ending. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about the ending because I have mixed feelings about the end. I kind of like it, too. It starts out with a great action scene. Mm -hmm. I immediately was dragged into the story. You know, this giant Kirby claw creature thing that grabs a ride as soon as he comes out of the boom tube is like such a Kirby-ish creation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it reminds me of, uh, again, like the Star Wars movies where it's just like right off the bat, there's action. Right mm -hmm. off the bat, there's like, you know blowing up and shooting and stuff like that. But immediately, like, Kirby's art just doesn't look like himself there. Like, Ryan right. looks more scared than anything in that first panel. <laughs> Maybe he is. <laughs> so what did I get myself into after a perfect series? <laughs> <laughs> this um, time I have the omnibus and the original creation. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the omnibus is... It has um, Mr. Miracle 18 is the story before it. In the original Baxter printing, it's got the end of New Gods 11. 
So it's got that uh -huh. beautiful Kirby image of the Furious Orion. And then it goes into this much rougher drawn Orion. So like the juxtaposition is not very attractive. Honestly, it doesn't, doesn't look great for Kirby there. Mm, yeah. I do want to say, though, the next page, the two-page spread, I love it. I think this is really cool. It's one of my favorite spreads he ever did. Yeah, and it's really cool. And it reminds me of um, Starenko did a story. You know that movie Outland? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're probably familiar with it. Starenko did a story in, in the heavy metal like a issue, every issue had like a different part of that story where like there's a, he did all these like great spreads and it's really reminding me of that. That was in space, but it was really interesting how like really reminded me of that strength. That was done in 1981 though. I actually double checked on that one. So it was before this, but. I'd love to go back and reread that. I love, I remember how much I love that story. Yeah. Gosh, it's 40 years old now. Oh gosh. It's yeah. never been reprinted. It was uh, printed in, anyways, we're getting, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting us off track, but it <laughs> in Europe, and I think, yeah, there was uh, some stuff in France, I think, but, oh, yeah. yeah very, I wonder if I could find an album of it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool, but, yeah, yeah, this is a great page. I love it. I, I like how he has Orion kind of flying sideways in the astro chair, too. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just this feeling of speed and movement. Oh, yes. And then he's flying into this basically like canyon full of odd creatures and weapons surrounding him. So he, he looks like he's going right into a trap. But it looks like he just doesn't care. Oh, it's such an Orion moment, right? Yeah. Especially and, now. I think he does mention that, too, later on. And also, like, and this is a theme, one of the many themes of the book is the Kirby-esque devices in this issue in these two pages especially like these are like nothing anyone else would ever draw yeah <laughs> what is that stuff what there's like a like a tarantula looking robot walking around doing nothing <laughs> but it looks so cool right so and there's, there's people standing inside like what looks like an old style castle or something mm -hmm. and the slum patrol devices it's also like over the top and here's a funny thing i noticed where it said a uh, red alert intruder intruder it says all dwellers stay indoors like they actually care about the uh the folks and apocalypse oh, stay indoors you might get hurt yeah yeah they, they don't just treat him like cattle or something <laughs> and then you flip the page and there's orion blasting away this might be the yeah. most classically curvy two-page spread of the entire story oh, wow I didn't even notice he's actually blowing away one of those tarantulas that I just mentioned. Oh, man. The use of Kirby crackle on that tarantula face or whatever that is, mm -hmm. is just spectacular. Mm -hmm. And this is a case where the coloring really works great for it. You have the same book, right? The Fourth World Omni? Uh, I do have that book. I'm looking at the trade paperback that was released like last year, a couple of years ago. So the coloring is not uh, is is uh, different, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a little older. It's the like, way he has Ryan also leaning back in the chair, mm -hmm. like he's pulling back on his heels to stop and really blast the hell out of this thing. It's mm -hmm. so cinematic. Yeah, 
but we're also getting a bit of foreshadowing to my favorite theme of the story. Uh, where am I? Why am I greeted by mechanical dolls? Where are the warriors of apocalypse? And the soldier says, despite automation, you'll find us about. Automation is such a theme here. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll dig into that more, but there, there's a lot of Kirby auto bio you have to see in the whole idea of the automation. Oh, yeah, I'd love to have you get your thoughts on that one, because I didn't really hone in on that part of the story, but we'd love to kind of once we get there. Yeah, let's dig into that when we talk, when we hear uh, Darkseid's soliloquy and also his attempts to revive his former soldiers. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. What follows is this great three and a half, four page action sequence. It just goes and goes and goes. First thing I uh, I wrote down was the drawing of the, the lettering. Crack, zoom, wow. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. He must have drawn it, right? I'm assuming he did it, not the letterer. I think that was Barry who did the, le the oh, letter. Oh, really? Ah, oh, okay. Because you can always tell Mike Royer's lettering. What's that? You could always tell Mike Royer's lettering. So I'm pretty sure this is D. Bruce Berry. Oh, okay. It looks a little bit more modern. I don't know. I mean, I like Royer. I love the little bit with the kids on page eight, too, who fight on Darkseid's behalf. Oh, the yeah. He, the way he draws them in on the edge of that the panel. Mm -hmm. They're not even sure what to call it because it's almost a full page, but it's a panel. Mm -hmm. And then having them throw their grenade into the creature. It's, that's just beautifully done. Yeah, I, I like for that page also, I like the uh, the circular panels because you don't really see that that often anymore. In fact, for that whole page, if you see it, the paneling is actually pretty innovative. I wonder if that was Kirby or is, do you think it's D. Bruce Berry? Because that's not, is that something Kirby does? So that is Kirby. We'll see some stuff in Hunger Dogs that's thrown together because they were basically editing the story in a weird way. Mm -hmm. But this is Kirby deliberately planning this. And I read this as Kirby still being innovative, even at his advanced age at that point. It's a really cool way of panel. He does a, like he did like he has like two circular panels and one that's not a square. And mm -hmm. then the kids, they're, they're not even in panels. It, it, I don't think. You know, maybe I haven't painted, but I haven't seen Kirby draw paneling like this before. Oh, am I? And then the next page is the same type of thing, too, kind of. With the diagonals. Yeah. It's very dramatic. We haven't seen this at all in New Gods. No. You might be doing new stuff. Still innovating. Mm hmm Which is also exciting. You know what I heard today? Actually, I actually read this today. Was that um, um, do you know if uh, um, I, the second half of Captain Victory was a was a sequel to New Gods? Did that come before this issue or after? Captain Victory came out between like eighty and eighty three, so this is before. It's before this. Interesting. Supposedly, the second half of that run is a sequel. Is the sequel that he wanted for New Gods? Oh, interesting. So, I mean, he's still learning and innovating, so I guess, yeah. We should read that, too. Yeah. Just for, as, a, as a companion to this once we finish up. But anyways, I, but I digress. Um, are we, 
Sorry, he's also drawing all the way to the edge of the page too. Like the creature, or the creature, the device that comes in on the bottom of page eleven. He's drawing all the way out there, and it's it's also something Kirby never did before, uh, and it gives it more power. Mm. And the scene of Orion saving the kids on the top of page eleven. That's just a again, just a gorgeous Kirby scene. Yeah, you know when you look at the kids, they don't look like Kirby drawings at all. No, maybe a little. I mean, it looks like a weird, like the kid that's like wearing green. Mm -hmm. He looks like a, just like a weird, somebody else's drawing. Could be D. Bruce Berry style. I don't know. I wonder how loosely Kirby drew him. Hmm. But Ryan seems like he's in real danger, and the kids don't think he's anything special. They just call him a soldier. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's also one thing I wrote down about these pages was uh, pages 10 through 12. I think this is a part, again, going back to the youth, youth being the ones that make change. Because um, on page 10, uh, Orion makes it a point to say, you young ones have my undying gratitude, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's something he would have written in 1971 also. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think I really believe that myself. So the young people. I do, too. I do, too, in selling the young people short, believing they're not they don't have the experience. No, they got the energy. They got the enthusiasm. They got the fearlessness. Mm -hmm. They're not jaded. Jaded or fattened by the luxuries. Of yeah. yeah. They still, and they're not set in their ways. Mm -hmm. Which is an interesting segue to uh, the female furies that suddenly appear. Mm -hmm. They're secretly helping Orion. And they're also feeling a little old. Mm. They're they're complaining about having to use the automation. Yeah, they've turned us from warriors into nursemaid. Med Harriet says, and there's this real feeling that these are warriors who once were like top of their game, who the world is just starting to pass them by. It's like an old athlete who isn't thinking in the same way a, a great new athlete is. And he just feels like the world is changing and he, there's nothing he can do about it. Well, once made yeah. him great, now makes him a relic. And I think that's what these women are complaining about here, really. Do you think that that could be also due to, like, old pencilers or old artists at comic book companies where, like, they just you just drop them for new ways of doing it or um, new, I guess, new soldiers or whatever? Because I... It, I actually really got that too. Like in this issue, Granny Goodness, who's like the number one general for Darkseid, gets put aside too, right? They arrest mm -hmm. her and it's crazy. Yeah, I really think that's a strong subcurrent here. And it's hard not to read Kirby in that. We'll get to that more in a minute. I want to talk about that in more detail. But it's so powerful here. Mm -hmm. uh, the women can still fight, but then they are literally like trapped in this automation. Mm -hmm. And page 17, all of them, including Granny Goodness, are basically zapped and disciplined and said, you know, your old random ways, they're no good anymore. We can stop you. You got to follow. You got to use the automation. Mm -hmm. 
don't don't destroy our devices. You got to fight with these incredibly strong, powerful, exciting new devices. Mm -hmm. So much about what I love about Kirby. It's about so much more than what it seems like on the surface. Do you also think that the tyranny he also mentions? Uh, he mentions it's the it's the theories and granny goodness. So it's really actually like the sexism, kind of like the women are like the ones that are subjected. Do you think he would have meant that, or just happens to use these characters just out of nowhere? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, they're not. Ref- the the soldiers refer to them as creatures. They don't call them the women. Mm-hmm. Creatures. They were once crack warriors. Don't forget that. Mm. I think they just see them as as relics. It's mm-hmm. said that Darkseid himself often dwells on the old ways in a fond manner. And also, I, I also the I mean you know there's that that you know being replaced by machines. But I also feel like a desperate a desperate dictator kind of like getting rid of everybody in the court mm-hmm. and then at the end there's a part where dark side says like i could use a friend let me just go back and get those people i killed and resurrect them so it's that's like so that's so strange i mean there's a real yeah i feel like there's a sense that dark side's been the leader of apocalypse for so long that it's almost gotten away from him he set up this bureaucracy he's built up his power in a way that kind of edges him out mm-hmm. it's not obvious here but i wouldn't be surprised if he has like someone who's coming up behind him who's really plotting to take over apocalypse after he leaves after he dies or whatever because uh his ways are just passed yeah and he's grasping like all right let me bring back all the people i killed mm-hmm I mean, he's, he's still got the great ambitions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do anything, probe anywhere, manipulate time. Mm-hmm. With that just ridiculous device on page 18. Does that remind you at all of his 2001 A Space Odyssey? I mean, I didn't really see that there. Which Is that the, you know, the part in the spaceship you mean? Yeah, mm. just curious. Maybe it's I like, just was distracted by the colors. I didn't notice it. Yeah, the colors are so surreal on that thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like we were talking about last week, too, we get to page 19 and we have this incredibly sad-looking dark side. Mm-hmm. I'm alone. <laughs> yeah, even his aide says to him, In your eyes, sir, if I may be forgiven, I see a touch of pain, or is it loneliness? I could use a friend to sad, perhaps. Like, oh my God, dark side of all creatures, of all mm-hmm. people. Hey man, he's he's a sad story in this whole saga. Yeah, you had this whole great theory about him. Basically, the only way he got to power was by being screwed over. And it seems like that's what he's really saying here. Mm-hmm. The woman that he loved, his mom killed. Then he killed his mom. It's crazy. And that look is just incredible sadness in his eyes on page 19. Uh, and then, like you were talking about, he starts to resurrect his friends who weren't even really friends, right? 
No. He and Sad were constantly arguing with each other. They're so lonely for someone like him. Mm-hmm. He had to bring him back. Well, we'll also that later he's going to resurrect other people too, but they're not the same people that were killed. I wonder mm-hmm. what that means. I think it might. Was this a. Was there any time around this time where, like, the comic book companies, did they start to, like, bring back people who were dead, or is that later in the years? No, I think that, well, that was obviously a constant thing. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, like, Captain America, I know, but by this time, who would have had to come back? Well, that was the old joke, because everyone came back except for Gwen Stacy and Bucky. Oh, Okay. I'm just wondering if it's saying that, like, yeah, you're bringing these characters back, but they're still not the same ones that you remembered from back then. Well, I think there's a, a little bit of commentary, like, hey, Marvel, you're still cre- you're still writing these same characters who I created at that point 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but they're not the same. They're they're distorted. They're subservient and don't have personalities anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they're like zombies, yeah. Yeah, they're like zombies. Yeah, repeating. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much symbolic in this, in the words that are used here. Mm-hmm. You know, even it's a bit of an ugly process, I admit. It's humiliating to contemplate it. And then again, page 21, he's talking about machines. Someday our machines will do it all. They'll dwarf the cosmos itself. We'll praise them, curse them, and fear them. Mm. We'll fear, we'll fear the machines. Like, can you imagine any other writer having dark side fear things? Mm-hmm. Well, he's a, just a deeply, deeply unhappy man here. Yeah. And I guess I see so much of Kirby in him, which seems strange, right? Because he's uh, theoretically the villain. I mean, he's got a little bit of everything and everybody. Like, I think um, a lot of the smaller characters you see, I, I mean, he puts a lot of, I feel like he put a lot of commentary in a lot of the aspects of this. But yeah, um, I do think as a soldier or like somebody who went through hell and war, having come back, um, yeah, Dark Side is one person that went through hell. I do think that the relationship between Orion and light ray which we'll see later that's the big thing of like light ray being the privileged son of god and then orion being the stepchild having to do all the dirty work it seems like orion's gotten more and more bitter about his legacy mm-hmm. and light ray maybe hasn't changed that much mm-hmm. because in that next sequence where they're hanging out together mm-hmm. i i feel like well, obviously, because he nearly chokes him. Mm-hmm. Like, Orion well, is just furious at Light Ray and what he represents. I mean, I love, I think this is, you know, this is the part where we've been talking about how, like, you know, uh, All Father and nobody's good here. And then Orion is yelling and choking Light Ray and saying, like, when I was given to New Genesis in my youth as a lifelong war hostage, he's a war hostage. Yeah, there was one of all of Apocalypse who fought Darkseid's deal, and that was, you know, that was his mom. Mm-hmm. But really, like, if you really think about it, the only person that really fought for him wasn't even, it wasn't an All Father. It was his mom. 
High Father just used him. Yeah. War hostage. That's what he is. He's a war hostage. I just thought that was that's such an amazing turn of phrase. A lifelong war hostage. So he's never able to be himself. Yeah, so now that he's here, he's not fighting for a new Genesis. He's here to get his mom. Who might be the only person he feels ever truly loved him. Mm -hmm. Because he also has no... We've never seen any sign of a female new god in his life. Mm -hmm. Seems like a very lonely man. These scenes are beautifully done. Mm -hmm. the the camera angles the emotion on their faces the devices you know that that missile that shoots on page 25 all this is just gorgeously done kirby may not be drawing as well as he used to in terms of pure line work but the energy and life he brings to the pages is awesome i like the panels on 27 where it gives you the direction of how to read the panels yeah, he's still playing, isn't he? And also, like, the, the round panels are in on page 23 also. So he came back to that. Like, he's clearly, like, having a good time with, like, how your eye goes through the page. That fortress with Darkseid's head on it, too. The moving fortress with people scrambling all over it. I'm not sure if that looks like a toy or it looks like this amazing fighting device. There's just so freaking much energy and power and all that it'd be a cool toy that's for sure God, i want that this is after uh superpowers right or is it during superpowers i can't remember mm. a book sitting right behind me too actually i could pull it down and the, the kids are hanging out with them too yeah but yeah i think that's a great panel a lot of um a lot of cool stuff here I mean, these action scenes are just spectacular. And then I think on page 31, there's the other person that he res Steppenwolf that he resurrected, his uncle. Mm -hmm. And he's and a lot of the soldiers are saying, like, yeah, this isn't the old Steppenwolf. He doesn't fight like he did. He's not as good. Again, like saying that the cloned character is not a uh, is not the same. Yeah, it really feels like there's a major meta-commentary going on there. Mm -hmm. In probably two ways. One is we're just not as good as we remember ourselves being. You know, Kirby sees himself as being half a step down from who he was when he was at his best. Mm -hmm. But also, like, from a character standpoint, it's it's become... He's derivative now. He's not who he used to be. Yeah. Actually, one of the characters, the bad guy, says, this dolt is not the Steppenwolf who once gave us victories. Yeah, I hope they return him to oblivion. Screw that guy. The, the old guy wouldn't have allowed us to fall prey to such a stupid trick. Mm -hmm. And then later on, um, his Calabac comes back, but he's not the same. Yeah, that comes up in just another couple pages. Mm -hmm. He's angry and he's got this power, but he he's so useless that Darkseid basically kills the resurrected body right away. Mm. They're like biological robots, mindless animals. I like that panel on uh, page uh, the first panel, on page thirty-seven, where you just see half of his face. Yes, there's um, 
uh, Todd McFarlane is known for like a gimmick that he does where he has a face and then he has panels right next to it. It's very similar to that. I mean, I'm sure he was, obviously he was influenced by Kirby. Oh yeah, definitely. And then the, there's power in that, and there's that great Kirby machine. But again, Darkseid's just unhappy. Mm-hmm. The page that I was talking about on page 39, where Orion grabbed one of the soldiers and is hitting the other ones with him, that's the one with the eye. Like his either his eye is popping out or just some weird drawing there. It's just so wrong. Yeah, there's no way his eye could be there. Mm-hmm. His eye's nearly by his ear. Mm-hmm. But the next page, that page, two-page spread is awesome. There's one of the soldier. He's like shooting his gun. And he accidentally kills one of his own people. And then Orion is beating one of the soldiers with his own helmet. Oh, this is just so awesome. <laughs> The helmets and just smish, smushed at smithereens. There's a whole line of bodies behind him. It's like yeah. a Conan page or something. Yeah, It's really awesome. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. I love the part where one of the soldiers, like, he's accidentally shooting his own comrade. And then that comrade is trying to grab Orion, but his face is blown off. It's a, This is so violent. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The hot face of the guy floating above him or whatever. Like, he's just freaking dead. He's slaughtered. Mm -hmm. He went all out in the action here. Mm -hmm. There's an interesting line on 38 where one of the guys fighting Orion says, "Um, Apocalypse has no shortage of wizards, and many of these are known to admire Orion. Mm. So uh, the legend of Orion is admired in the Apocalypse. Mm. The son of Apocalypse is admired there. And I wonder what that means. Like, what do they admire about him? Is it his his own darkness? Is it that he's like an old Apocalypse character made good? Mm-hmm. It's just that he's badass. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be a setup to where Kirby wanted to go with Orion taking over Darkseid. Yeah. I could see a lot of that. Like, he got his training in a just universe, a just world, comes back and frees his people. I could see him becoming the new king of Apocalypse and driving a revolution there. That's definitely like a false ending I I imagined over the years. Mm -hmm. And then there's his mom. He He finds his dad and then follows his dad and... By the way, I think Calabac wasn't dead. So, like, um, Darkseid was so lonely that he kept a zombie resurrected friend, but he's like shackled them up just to have them around, but they're like useless. I got to say, that panel at the top of page 43 when he's got the zombie friends is kind of haunting. Calabac's like, What's a Calabac? I should kill you for calling me that. <laughs> you know, it's almost like. He's imagining Darkseid having pictures of his friends who have passed away up on the wall or something, and him just playing mental games with them, like just remembering them in his mind, but they're not who they are. It's who he remembers them being. Mm -hmm. And it's like he's playing with the idea of 
how your memory can distort who these people actually were. Which makes me wonder if he's again, this is some sort of meta commentary about Stanley telling his own stories about Marvel history. Mm -hmm. And in some way that being a reflection of, you know, lies as he saw it. Mm -hmm. I don't know, that might be a stretch. Yeah. And then uh, just uh, Orion jumping on is all like, there's no escaping destiny, father. He's like, don't call me father. You never liked me. It's like the bickering of parents at Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Parents. Except this is their perverted Thanksgiving of war. <laughs> demon mother shall follow demon son to death. What oh, this is like so, it's so Shakespearean, right? Mm -hmm. Now you cool, arrogant. Or Oedipole or whatever you want, whatever word you want to put it. I guess not oh, Could be, yeah. He comes back for his mom and tries to kill his dad. He doesn't yeah. do They kill him. They shoot him. He gets him. He's a good schemer. So he gets killed, but not by dark side, just by the foot soldiers. Mm-hmm. And he he looks dead there. Like yeah. His body's got, what, a dozen bullet holes in it? Yeah, and he falls into the fire. So I remember reading this back in 84 and thinking, what a dark, nihilistic ending. Mm -hmm. This is just a bleak way of, of finishing the saga. Yeah, it's interesting. The art here is totally different than Kirby. I feel like these last few pages were not Kirby. Yeah, it's very much more cartoony, I think. Although I do like it. I like the story. I like him dying, but but yeah. He's obviously not going to stay that way because there's going to be hunger dogs coming. What do you make of the nihilism of the ending? I mean, I liked it. I like it. I wish it would have stayed this way. I do too. I feel like it it gives the story just a great sense of kind of dark conclusion to it that fits the bleakness of the world Kirby created. Yeah, because he really doesn't belong anywhere. Orion doesn't belong in Apocalypse because his dad doesn't even acknowledge him. And then he doesn't belong in New Genesis because they don't acknowledge him. They just send him out to kill people. And Darkseid doesn't belong anywhere because he's time has passed him by. It's all about the, me the mechanical stuff. He's living in a world with no friends. They're all miserable. Darkseid is lonely. New Genesis is going to get screwed by all those automation and machines that are going to bomb him. And then Orion is dead. Oh, God, what a dark ending. It's awesome. So the war brings tragedy. Yeah. The war brings the end of everything Kirby created. Yeah. I mean that that's that fits the whole larger theme we were talk we've talked about every week, which is that the, the apocalypse war really fits World War II in some ways, and the devastation of that war just destroyed everything. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited and not so excited to read the next story. I wonder how it's gonna be. I last read it about eight years ago and deeply enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Hungry dog. So I'm it's, excited. It's a bit of a mess. 
but I remember really liking it, especially the way they portray Darkseid in it. Mm. Oh, okay, great. And it really builds on themes we've been talking about in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a line from Darkseid in there that I used as the title of my essay where he says, life is at best bittersweet, which in some ways perfectly sums up the way Kirby has Darkseid live his life. Mm-hmm. I really wish this dark side would be the one that people write about because he's usually like this badass guy who fights but in reality like he's more of a schemer he should be smaller thinner you know we've also never seen him do anything other than beat somebody up he's never used no he used those like the eye power once right yeah but really, he's, just, he's never used his muscle. It's always been mental or, you know, scheming or strategic. Yeah. He's more like a, a king. Well, like a general. He's like yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing about this story is it's pretty clear that his relationship with Orion has really kind of preyed on his life. Mm-hmm. The fact his own son became his greatest enemy, I think, ate away at him, made him feel so lonely, because Scott Free went to New Genesis and became this happy warrior. Mm-hmm. Orion came to Apocalypse and hated everything about his life. Uh, you know, Scott was able to get married and have a, you know, fantastic marriage. Even under Tom King, it's a great marriage. Mm-hmm. Ryan never has anybody in his life. Scott Free got a wife. We'll talk about Scott in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, we will. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. This was great. I'm so glad I got to reread this story. Oh, thank you.